This is Criterium Nation, a show about life lived one corner at a time. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. This week, we welcome Olivia Ray back on the show. When we last left our hero, she was about to embark on a 36-hour flight home to Auckland, where she would have to face a 14-day hotel quarantine before being allowed back out into society in New Zealand. We're excited to report she made it home safe and sound. She made it through the quarantine. She's gotten reacquainted with summer. She's been able to get to her favorite beach at Piha and find the best food that she remembers from her youth. After she got back out there, she had her final preparations for the Cycling New Zealand Vantage Criterium National Championship in Christchurch. Spoiler alert, she won. And she won in the style that we've come to expect from Olivia Ray. You'll hear all about it in today's episode, The Silver Fern. And just a quick note, she is the 2021 champion. New Zealand is, in fact, so far ahead of the U.S. East Coast time zone that it's the future there. Or more accurately put, it's six hours behind, but 24 hours ahead. At least that's just how I had it on my calendar, so I knew when to call Olivia. This episode was meant to be just a quick recap of the race. Who was there, what the course was like, how it was won. But then Olivia led on to some incredibly surprising and exciting news. She signed with Rally Cycling and was stepping up to the UCI Conti level for 2021. When we heard that, we had to get her new director sportif on the phone. So Joanne Kizanowski, fellow Kiwi, joined us from California to talk all about the details. So stick around to the end to hear about how Olivia grabbed her new team's attention and what their plans are for her in the coming year. And speaking about the future and the coming year, it's a great time to head on over to WideAnglePodium.com and check out the entire lineup of shows that are on the network. If you don't know what the Wide Angle Podium is, it is the world's only collection of top-tier independent cycling content. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com and become a member. And when you do, you'll help support this show, Shows like Nowhere Fast, Cyclocross Radio, the best creator-owned cycling content around. So let's get into today's show and our talk with Olivia Ray. This is really cool. I'm hopefully one of the first people that gets to address you as the 2021 New Zealand Criterium National Champion. And before we even talk about the race, before we talk about how it was done, how you did it, how it all came about, how does it like feel to be the national champ? I don't think I can really put it into words. Um, It's so huge. And as soon as we, as, as we finished, I wanted to cry, just pull my bike over and cry because it was so, I didn't think I was gonna do it because it didn't, feel like it was going to happen in that last sort of 30 seconds, but it did. And oh, I just, no words really. I just think it's something I've wanted to get just so that I can come back to America and show like this, this is what it looks like to be a national champion in, in a crit. Cause I can't obviously do it in the States. Cause I'm not a citizen, which sucks, but yeah, I no words. It's every time I think about it, it's just, 
my heart just starts palpitating. It's, it's very exciting. When do you think your feet are actually going to touch the ground after this whole experience? I don't think they will. <laughs> as soon as I get back to the States and able to race again, or even just getting to race again, you know, whenever it is, it's just going to give me that boost of confidence. Like I did that. And, you know, I don't want to get cocky about it or anything. It's just, to me, it's so special, even though it's, it's, it's not an Olympic medal, you know, whatever, but it's still so exciting. And I don't think, yeah, maybe until I, till the next nationals, will I get back on, on the ground? <laughs> but let's dial back to, to November 15th, to the actual race itself. Just the idea of having a race and having people come together and having fans and spectators watching you. I mean, that's foreign to all of us here in the United States. I mean, heck, it's foreign to a lot of people in in Europe where we had the Giro and the Vuelta and the Tour, but there were limited fans. Going to Christchurch and having the opportunity to do what you love in front of fans, in front of your family, in front of those people who matter to you. How was that experience? It was pretty amazing. I do really think that we are so lucky here in New Zealand. Everything's basically back to normal. Being able to race and having the spectators was just, it felt, it felt very right. You know, after gosh, how many months since February racing, you know, that's a really long time to not, entertain people and that's that's what I love doing when I race I mean if if I'm not having fun no one why would the people watching have fun so I think it was really surreal too just having people there supporting I mean just random people that I didn't know you know yelling my name was well just cheering in general was very very cool yeah I do miss I, I had missed it very much and I'm sure everyone in the states is envious of racing too I mean you were a fan favorite. I'm not going to say the fan favorite because, you know, Nina Woolston and Allie were there and, and Maddie and there were an incredible number, Charlotte, uh, Lucas, you know, there were an incredible number of very great women who were in the field. But when you look at the live stream and all the comments that were coming in, there was so much Olivia Ray love. Did you realize that you just at 22 years old, have that broad of an audience that people like me were up at midnight watching you race just because we wanted to see you race. Gosh, um, as soon as I finished and got my phone back, seeing, I think there was, at the end of it, I think there was 70 odd plus messages and responses and whatever from people who, who I know very close to me, people who you know, I just sort of follow on Instagram sort of situation like that. And I just, I couldn't stop smiling. Uh, my cheeks were so red, not just from racing, but just so I didn't realize that I had that much support. And I suppose you don't realize until people express it, which in a way is honestly a good thing to me because it keeps people humble. Cause if all you got was support and, you know, love, love every five seconds, you know, you'd probably become a bit, yeah, unliked, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, I can't even fathom just my coach, the boyfriend, 
my friends, my grandmother, my mom, you know, everyone. It's just you. It's like it makes me really want to cry just because it's so amazing the amount of support I have. And that's that's why I, my the post post Insta, uh, on Instagram post race, um, you know, thanking everyone for the support because that's that's why I do it. You know, I if I just did it for myself, I would be a little bit bored and probably it would be a bit un, uneventful. So having being able to give people something to show that their support actually helps and go it, it's how do I explain? It's almost like you try to impress your parents, you know, look at me, look at me. And I think doing well and giving giving a result back to people kind of say, ah, oh, good. I was rooting for the right person sort of thing. So we need to talk about names and nomenclature because a lot of us are familiar with laurel wreaths for the Olympics or the stars and stripes for the United States national champ or the rainbow stripes for worlds. The New Zealand national champ is the silver fern. Where does that come from? Gosh, I hope I don't offend anyone with this. Um, I don't really know, to be fair. Um, so we have a lot of culture here, obviously, with Maori traditions and things like that. And so the silver fern is a staple because I think it's one of the only plants that's native to New Zealand. Well, there's a few, but, you know, a specific plant that's native to New Zealand and I think just because it's a staple and it's, it's different, you know, it's New Zealand and Australia basically have the same flag, you know, it's a one star differential. So I think being able to have something that's different, that's represents not only the country, but the culture at the same time, why they use it. I don't know. It looks cool. <laughs> well, it certainly does look cool and you're going to get to rock that pretty hardcore for the next coming year. But before we talk about 2021 and Olivia Ray bike racing, because there's a huge announcement that we need to talk about with that, let's talk about 2020, November 15th, going into the Vantage Criterium Championship in Christchurch. It looked like it was a pretty straightforward criterium course no big hill no nothing there was one corner that was a little bit challenging or a little dicey but you know was there anything about this race walking into it that was uh concerning to you you know i don't i don't think so um there was i i rode the course about 10 times the day before so i i knew where the potholes were i knew which road was sort of bumpy i knew which corner was tight etc so i I did the thing that you're supposed to do, you know, I prepped well. And so going into it, having done all these crits in the States, I was pretty confident that, okay, I can pedal through these turns and I can, you know, accelerate out of them without having to blow a match, whatever. I think the one thing that was concerning going into it, going into it was one of the teams, Velo Project had seven riders and going into it, I was assuming there'd be three of them maybe. But then when I rocked up and saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all of them warming up, I was thinking, oh. But the one thing that I have learned over the last couple of years racing is if there's a team the size of that racing for one person, their goal isn't to win. Their goal is sort of 
dispersed. And so I felt like I had a advantage to a degree, but that just, I was there focusing on myself and I wasn't, I was really trying hard not to worry about this team having seven riders attack, attack, attack. And, you know, I, I don't trust anyone to bring Brett, bring back the break. So every break there was, I was kind of straight onto it because it's that one time you don't go that it gets away. And this race was too important to me to just say, Oh, I'll let it go. It'll come back because in 35 minutes, it's not a lot of time for, that's not a lot of time. (laughs) Not only was it 35 minutes, there were only 17 women in the field. So it was a smaller field than you're used to. So you needed to be aggressive to control your position. And I swear you spent 32 of those 35 minutes on the front or near the front. Uh, There were multiple times that you brought back solo uh, a move of a couple of people. Was it your goal going into this to bring it to a sprint at the end? Because of the limited amount of people riding and the very short crit, it was kind of a good thing because if it ended in a breakaway or a, or a sprint or a drag race or however it ended, I was confident that I would be aggressive enough to put my first foot forward and be on top of that. You know, don't let anyone get on a, in a break. Don't, don't let anyone out sprint me. <laughs> so I, I did my best and I planned and I talked with Steve Cullen about which sort of tactic would work best. And, you know, he said basically for the first part, just float, just chill out. You know, it's so short, burn some matches, you know, you know, I, I knew that I was able to sort of, you know, a few attacks every now and then, because for me, five seconds isn't long out of 35 minutes. So doing that a few times wasn't too challenging, but I, I was think I was going into it hoping it was going to be a drag race only because that's that's what I enjoy doing. So, <laughs> but um, how it ended? Oh gosh, I let's set this up so that we can talk about the last 400 meters because the vast majority of the 35 minutes was relatively scripted, relatively predictable. You were able to break. Um, I don't know six or so of the women down. And so the field did get to be a smaller number, which I think ended up playing to your advantage because you were able to position yourself pretty well going into the final lap. And these laps weren't very long. So, I mean, it was like a one K, but you know, four corners with a chicane through the, through the finishing line is how the whole thing worked. And, and I think the race all hinged on that last corner chicane to the finish line. I mean, that's where Olivia Ray won the race where you made your money that day. So walk us through that last lap leading up to that final corner, because there's some things that happened that we didn't get to see because of the way that the camera was. So how did this all play out? Okay. So going into the last lap, there were about five of us that were, in contention, I would say, just because how the race went and who was showing their strengths and whatnot. So there was Nina Wollaston, Katie, myself, Nicole Shields, and Charlotte Lucas. 
so going into it, I was pretty calm. I was, I think my heart rate was at 140. So I was like, okay, this is good. This is like zone, zone two. We're doing good. Which is interesting because your heart rate was at like 130 when you started. Oh no, this is what, what, 50, I think it, it was, it was pretty high. <laughs> anyway, first corner was good. Um, pedal through, held the line. Um, I think I forget who I was following. I think I was following Ali. And so that turn was good. Second corner was good coming into the second, second straight. Yeah. Second straight. And it was getting a little quicker. It was picking up pace quite a lot. And on that third corner, just before the turn, I came up on the inside of the corner and this was quite freaky. And I'm very lucky to have not gone down with it, but Charlotte Lucas was, we were side by side in the corner and, you know, it was very in the moment, you know, how crashes happen. Just, you know, you you try overcorrect and, you fall, you lose traction. And so I felt her bike or tire or whatever hit my tire. And I didn't even look back. I was thinking, no, just keep going. And I mean, you have to, because it's literally the last 800 meters to go. So you you have to go. And so at that point, there was four of us. I was at the back and I knew that last corner was going to be tight and that I was quite worried that if I had, you know, gone a little sandy too much, I would have crashed. So I really tried hard at, you know, going through it as smooth as possible, but keeping speed. And as soon, as soon as the bike straightened out, I was, I was going, I was gritting my teeth. If, if I didn't catch Katie, I would have died. It it was really a, a ride or die type of moment. I was when you get into that zone where you don't even care about what you're looking at, what you're feeling or how you how much your legs are hurting or how much power you're putting out, you just like, I'm shaking right now. Um, just getting to that line first was all I was thinking about. I could see Katie, I could see her and she sat down and then about, I think it was 20 meters, maybe less to the finish line. And we got it. And I was kind of surprised. Well, not surprised. Um, Ali wasn't too far behind me either. So it was a long sprint and I'm, I'm very thankful that I can sprint that long because it paid off. Having the opportunity to go back and watch what happened as opposed to relying on memories, which may or may not be faulty because of adrenaline, you know, we can see that the four of you came through that corner and you, there was a gap from Katie to second place. And then there was another gap to you and in fourth place, you weren't like right on the, the rider's wheel in front of you. But you know, a lot of, a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, well, Olivia Ray, she, she puts out 1200 Watts. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that she's going to be able to out sprint. But the reality is not only did you out sprint, you out drove your bike. Your ability to drive a bike through a corner is what sets you up to win that race. How much of that experience or skill do you think is attributed to coming to crit school here in the United States? Crit school, I like that. Well, that's the thing. I felt as though there were only two of us that were cornering. I'm not going to say well, because everyone for the most part was, you know, upright, but 
being able to confidently pedal around a corner, even if you like smash the pedal on the ground, you know, you still stay upright. I definitely think that having everyone yell at me in the States saying pedal around the corner, you know, really helped because if you don't learn and experience, you know, losing a race because you cornered poorly or because you lost speed and you lost the wheel, you know, it's really the difference between first and, you know, 10th possibly. And so that gap I created honestly wasn't the worst thing because if there was a problem with second or third going into that corner crashing, I would have had the opportunity to move out of the way sort of thing. And so, yeah, I really have to thank Colleen Gullick and I forget who else, but just all the girls in the USA crits who just yell at me for not cornering well. And, you know, I think everyone has to learn how to do it. It's not just something that you can do. And if you can just get on a bike and corner really well, then lucky you. But I think in my life, learning from those experiences and gaining that knowledge and taking it and using it to my advantage really helped, especially in this situation. Where was it in the last 400 meters from the time that you opened up that sprint to the time that you crossed that line that you realized, holy cow, there is nobody left in front of me. I'm going to win this thing. Well, that's the thing. It was so long. I it kind of double-edged sword here. It was so long that it worked, but it was so long that I didn't know how long it was in terms of how long it would take. So I was thinking in my head, shit, I've, I've lost it. I'm going to come second. But I didn't think that, I thought that, but at the same time, the little, you know, the little voice in your head was saying, just effing go, you know? And so I think once I got halfway in between second and first, so I think that was Nicole and Katie, it was almost like a, okay, just, just keep sprinting. And gosh, I can't even explain it. It's so out of body sort of situation. I just, it wasn't a, I knew I'd won. It was more, I knew that my body, I was able to use my body and the bike in a way that was cross the line first sort of thing. Well, you, you posted up like a champ too. Right before you crossed the line, you threw your arms in the air, double arm salute. I, I think I shared with you privately that my wife was screaming at you because she was worried that you were going to Julian Alaphilippe yourself. If you look at that picture, you look at that picture, the the joy, the emotion, the anger, the love, the happiness, you know, is it still all there? I mean, are you still like living that dream? Oh my gosh, yes, I am. I mean, when I watched the video and saw how close Ali was behind me, I was a bit like, oh, good thing I, well, I didn't look back. And I suppose probably something I should learn to do. <laughs> look back just, just in case I don't do a post up and then come second or um, go and post up a lap early like I did um, in Steinberg a couple of years ago. I can't describe it. I, I feel I was going into it thinking this is going to be the, the be all end all, you know, I'm going to be feel satiated after winning this. And, but like, no, it just makes me want to go back to the States and, possibly go to Europe and just smash it and show everyone what I can really do. Was there a way that this could have ended without you winning? 
You know, was there a fear, a thought in the back of your mind, nerves going into it where you were just like, I'm, I don't got it today. Definitely. The day before, um, the Saturday I was my, my gut, my stomach was just, I don't know. It, it felt like I was either really hungry or I had eaten too much and that wasn't going away. And I was on the phone with Steve talking about the race and, you know, possible tactics and how to go into it with mindset and all of that. And I was walking along the beach with my dad and brother and each step I was taking was my legs were shaking. And, you know, at that point I was thinking, this isn't good. And after talking to my coach and Patrick, it was sort of like, I need to calm down because I'm going to really negatively affect how I do because it's all fine and well being having stress and having the race be important enough to freak out. But there's a very fine line between taking it seriously and then that jeopardizing the race. And so I really had to chill out, calm down, you know, breathe and actually honestly forget about the race and just enjoy it. Because if I look back at every other race that I've done well at like gateway cup, I was having so much fun and the racing just sort of happened. It was never a, a planned situation. And so that's something I need to really learn. And I think, I don't know if anyone else has this problem, at least, well, they probably do, but stepping away from that stress and anxiety of it, even just talking about it with my coach, my heart, I could feel my heart like beating so fast. I'm saying this isn't good. And he said, look, I'm going to end the call now because you need to chill out. And so got to learn that for next time. Just have fun. You were able to do what you did and win the national title in your butcher box kit. And you haven't exactly gotten to race in your butcher box kit very much this year because of COVID. But this butcher box kit is about to be replaced by a new color, new scheme, new contract. What can you tell us about Olivia Ray in 2021? Okay, well, first I'll tell you how it happened. I woke up at about seven o'clock in the morning, looked at my phone, saw a Facebook message request from Mr. Jonas Carney. And in the message, I just skimmed over it. It said, rally 2021 contract. And I screenshotted that, sent it to Patrick, called him crying. He was like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I, was, I was saying, I can't believe it. What's happening? Anyway, next year I will be racing for rally and that's really exciting for me because it's uh, when I first got to the States, my cycling coach at university was saying, you know, you do, you're doing really well. Maybe you can uh, get on to UHC. And this was about three years ago when, when they were still called UHC. And, you know, looking at it now, it's like from then to now, totally different person, totally different bike racer. And so I'm very excited because just the opportunity. I mean, the butcher box has been amazing for everything. You know, the exposure I've gotten this year has been insane, but you know, going to Europe and doing these pro tour racing, pro tour races, you know, it's just one step closer to the, to the dream. If you talk about rally, 
you're you're talking about a team that has at its core the things that I believe you value the most. You know, Rally itself is a is a healthcare company, and it's all about healthy, clean living, making sure that you have access to that which you need in order to live your best possible life. And you're about to put on a custom kit with the silver fern and orange colors and all of it. And you're going to be riding alongside of people like Lily Williams, the world champion on the track. How does all of this mesh with your plan for becoming the Serena Williams of the cycling world? <laughs> I'm, I'm beyond excited. I think, again, the thing that I said with Butcher Box was I want to get that experience and learn from those girls. And I think the same is going to go for rally. There's even the managers and the directors, they're all so experienced bike races and they've been in the cycling world for years. And so being able to work with people like that is just, it's a great stepping stone. Even if, you know, even if I went to Europe and it wasn't for me, you know, at least I was able to, to go and, you know, try it out. I think that's the one thing that, should be available to everyone is that opportunity to go do something. And I think in a way it's like, it's finally my time. I I could be happy just going along, you know, enjoying the ride, like going for the ride, you know, just being there. I don't, I wouldn't even have to, I don't have to do well or anything. I mean, I'm going to, and I do my best to do well, obviously, but it feels like this year is with all the, all the crap, it feels like it's ending very positively. And so I'm very excited for it. If I understand correctly, team camp will be in January in Ox Oxnard, California. Will you be able to come back in time to be a part of that? Or are you going to wait till March, which I think was your original plan? Yeah. So this plan is still coming back in March. I'll stay here for road and track nationals in February. And I'm really disappointed. I mean, I really think there could be a possibility for me to go over and then come back again. However, post our last talk, New Zealand is charging everyone now money for quarantine. And so unless there was this fund that was available for me to, you know, hey, can I have five grand for a flight and quarantine, then perfect. But yeah, I'm I'm quite disappointed I'm missing team camp, but at the same time, it's it's a small small detail in the grand scheme of things. You know, there's there's a lot more to look forward to, and I'll just have to FaceTime the team. You know, get on Zwift and Photoshop myself in their group rides. You're going to be racing for a, a director sportif who is a fellow Kiwi. That is pretty cool. It'll be like like home. It'll be really fun, actually, very fun. And Joe's a, an amazing lady, so. It's very cool that she's there. Do you know what the plan is for you for 2021 as far as what race is, or is it still way too early to know these things? So we were sent a um, preliminary schedule involves going to Europe three times. I think they're going end of February to March, uh, end of March, and then in June to July, and then in September to October, I think, was when they're going to Europe. And then doing a lot of the... USA races like Colorado Classic and uh, Joe Martin, um, 
Redlands and Tour of Gila, you know, just the monuments of the States. And then hopefully all things going well, Europe will have some really exciting races and really great opportunities to be taken. Yeah. But you're going to have to learn that whole going above a hundred kilometers in a race sort of thing. Are you ready for that challenge? I am. And I'm almost too excited. So there's sort of two things on my mind right now. One, don't get too excited because talk to a few people that have experienced this where younger riders first time going to a big, big time team going to Europe kind of blow themselves up a bit. So I'm going to take it gradually I'm pretty fit right now, but I can definitely use some miles. Um, I just, I just never really suppose had the opportunity as much to race these long races, but I'm totally fine with racing long. I mean, I think I've developed sort of a stereotype, uh, crit race, uh, track, you know, minimal miles, you know, but no, I, I, I very much enjoy road racing. And the second thing is got to, Gotta lower the weight a little bit because nice sprinting body can't get up those European hills as well as some other people. So that's also a goal for uh, my summer, your winter. So summer body, here we come. (laughs) All things considered, I'd say 2020 was actually not a terrible year for you. No, it was pretty good. Pretty good. The first couple of races I did were were pretty successful and then having even having last year's races being later in the year helped and yeah obviously nationals was a pretty big deal and still quite a few races to come there's a two uci races that'll be road nationals and there's another uci race here so that'll be fun to do so yeah i think things are looking bright even though you know with everything going on politically and culturally, socially. Do you think that there's a chance for you to double up and win the road race championship? I'm not ruling anything out because last year, well, this year when I did it in February, it was going so well. And I could definitely see myself winning winning it. it things just didn't work out and that's, that's life. And so I think there's definitely an opportunity for me to do well, especially if I'm really focusing on it because obviously my focus prior has been limited to our races. And so I think if my focus is solely on road racing and getting those long 20 minute, 30 minute hour to hour power up, then I think I'd really be a force to reckon with, even though I may not be a tiny climber, I think I can still smash out a, good bit of wattage up the, up the climbs. Yeah. Okay. So what happened last year in the road race? Cause I didn't look at the results until 10 seconds ago, but now I'm looking at the results. What happened last year? DNF. So it's going well, the race, it was pretty tame together. And then a girl attacked on the downhill and then I got on her wheel and then another girl got on my wheel. The first girl that started it dropped away. And so it was myself and myself and Kate McCarthy. We were on the front. We were smashing it going 55 Ks an hour on the flats. It was pretty intense. It was all good. It felt great actually. But then there was a climb. It's called, it's called Sanatorium. It's called Mangakawa. 
And it's, I wrote it the other day. It's awful. It starts pretty chill for the first sort of 30 seconds. And then it just goes up, like small chaining, smallest gear at the back hurts. And so I was dumb and I rocked up with one by and a 33% on the back with 12 speed. And I was thinking I'll be fine because training on it is good. However, when you're trying to race up a hill and your max cadence is, gosh, what, like 60, you're not going to get up pretty quick. And so that actually was a good thing because that wasn't a good thing, but being in the breakaway was a good thing because we got about five minutes ahead before the climb. And then to the climb, I think I had about 30 seconds. And obviously I got dropped by Kate. She's freaking strong. And so I was just riding along and then a group of three or four passed me and that had Ella Harris and Neve on those two proper tour teams. And I suppose I got a little cocky and tried to follow the motorbike down a hill and I did a Charlotte Lucas and freaking crashed. And looking back at it, I think problem with that and in that moment was my head because you you get excited and things happen and you really can't let that happen. You really got to, sometimes you have to have fun. In a 35 minute race, if you're not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it. But in a two and a half hour, whatever it was, road race, if you're not in the zone, if you're not fully committed to killing yourself to stay on people's wheels, you haven't got a chance. And so that's something that I've really had to work on. And I think I've grown a lot in terms of how I'm able to manage those emotions still struggle. Obviously it's something that will come with age. I'm sure, but I think it's okay to, to know that you can make mistakes and shit happens. But like I've said before, if you're able to learn from them and grow and not do that again, then it's fine. It's, it's sort of what Patrick tells me you're, you're very interesting because you never crash the same way twice. And so hopefully we never crash on a downhill the same way again. Fingers crossed, touch wood, all that sacred stuff. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was disappointing. But at the end of the day, I would say I was pretty aggressive and pretty combative in that race. And so for what it was worth, I, I did well until I didn't. Well, let me paint you a picture here. Going over to Europe, wearing a Raleigh kit with New Zealand silver ferns on it because you are the New Zealand road race champion showing up for some of the biggest spring and, and summer races. Is that a little bit of motivation for you? Oh yeah. No, I mean, I'm going to, I'm really metaphorically going to kill myself to win that. It's, it's definitely a Talladega nights. If you're not first, your last moment, we got to do it. We got to do it. And the amount of support I have and the amount of resources I have, there's no reason why I can't. And I hate it. I hate it. I don't want to sound cocky, but I'm, I'm a fighter and, you know, I'm going to put everything into the next, how many months? Three-ish, three-ish months to really just make this opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh gosh, I can't even, just all the variables I'm going to control. <laughs> as much as I can control, I'm going to control. And we're just going to, we're going to come out on top, if not on top, a, a, a podium.
Nikki Peterson, and I've been a Source Endurance athlete since May of 2019. I've had a UCI Pro Mountain Bike License for the last five years and have started dabbling in gravel, but I've struggled with staying healthy. Since beginning to work with my coach, Adam Mills, I've been able to increase my volume and intensity all while staying very healthy. We took advantage of the spring and I was able to do more work than ever, setting PRs and workouts, grabbing QOMs on Strava, and winning local time trial races. Adam is the most knowledgeable coach I've ever worked with. More importantly, he understands the balance between full-time work, relationships, and team obligations. The raddest part about working with Adam is that he truly believes in me. He knows when to give me encouragement and when to challenge me. If you want to join me as a Source Endurance athlete, head to source.e.net, choose your coaching package, and use Criterium Nation for $50 off the starting package. Hi, I'm Joanne Kizanowski, and I'm a director of sporting for Rally Cycling. So, Joanne, we're talking about Olivia Ray, one of the newest members of Rally. It came as a big surprise to a lot of us that she received this contract. I mean, we knew she was good, but at 22 years old, it's always a, a gamble about how good are you? What was it that drew Rally's attention to Olivia? Yeah, she was somebody who I saw racing last summer in June. I was out in T-Town, some of my other riders, and yeah, just was really impressed with her. And obviously I was like, hey, who's this Kiwi girl? <laughs> and um, she was dominating, um, you know, Friday nights and some of the international UCI races that we had in T-Town that summer. And so, yeah, she definitely impressed me then. So then, of course, I knew her name and watched her results throughout the season last year and, you know, saw some, obviously, some, you know, good track results um, in T-Town. But then I also saw that she was able to transfer that to the road as well. You know, just she got some really amazing results in criteriums around the country and obviously her collegiate results too. So, you know, winning, you know, collegiate road net and crit net and, you know, many other races, I'm sure, that I didn't even see. Um, yeah, and obviously just being another New Zealander, she just stood out to me. And Yeah, just a really, really good sprint. Yeah, was somebody that I thought was a really exciting rider and um, somebody we could look at for the future. And uh, Jonas Carney, who's our um, performance manager, he uh, he also had, you know, heard about her through the collegiate scene. And yeah, so we were able to get her on the team. As you just mentioned, you're you're a Kiwi yourself. You're actually from Christchurch, which is where Olivia went and recently brought home the national championship in the New Zealand Criterium Championship. How much does it mean to you as as a fellow Kiwi that you have one of your own racing on your team? Yes, it's really exciting and it was neat that she was down in Christchurch, you know, in my hometown racing the crit nets and I was able to watch it live. So that was really cool. They broadcast it live. So um, I was definitely, you know, typing in the little chat box, go Olivia. So this was before people knew that she had um, signed with Rally. So then, of course, some people were like, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. And then it just came out last week. We had signed her. So, yeah, no, it's great. Um, any national champion that you can have on your team um, is a big deal. And, you know, obviously we race a lot of criteria uh, here in North America. So for her to be able to wear a special jersey, you know, and I'm sure 
it'll look pretty cool in black and white and orange. So, yeah, it'll be cool to have her wearing that special jersey um, in any criterium that she gets to do here with the team. And we're, we're really hopeful that she can add to that criterium jersey with the New Zealand National Road Race jersey so that it, it works easier for you guys that you don't have to have two separate jerseys for her. But, you know, <laughs> looking at what you guys have recently announced, because it's been signing season for, for rally, and you've got this incredible team of women like Krista and Leanne Ganser and obviously Lily Williams and Emma White. But you're adding to it with these really young, fresh faces with Holly Breck and Madeline Bemis and Olivia. How is this team growing to take its next steps? Yeah, and we also have Katie Klaus, which is the young writer that we announced as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's really great. We uh, signed four new writers already, and um, three of them, you know, are very young and, you know, have not done much international racing at all. So I think that's, you know, really, it's just really good for us to, you know, help the development of some more writers. You know, we've had some writers on the team for multiple years now. So we've had, you know, like Heidi Franz, Sarah Poitivan, Emma White, you know, like, so we've had those sorts of writers, you know, stay with the program and be with us since they were really young too. So it's it's nice now to um, to get some more young writers on the team and to help them develop, you know, and grow as writers and people, you know. So it's just it's great to have um, just that sort of you know new <laughs> new sort of like blood coming in from um, you know from yeah, collegiate racing and junior racing, uh, you know, and, and all over. I mean, Katie's obviously a really uh, great cyclocross racer as well, you know, and obviously we talked about Olivia on the track, so it's nice. You know, having riders that um, you know, not just road races, but they, they can do other disciplines of the sport as well. We've heard that there's three a uh, three block period that you'll be heading to Europe and also racing here in the United States and in North America and Canada. How do how do you get you know a young racer like Olivia who's got incredible talent, not a lot of experience? How do you get her ready to go to this big stage? Well, you know, we have a we'll have a team camp. Uh, where everybody will get together and I think that's really important you know for those young um, new signings to really learn from the from the you know from the women that have already been over in Europe and raced um, a few seasons so like that's really I think that's where they're just you know out on the bike training together and I'm sure they'll just be you know talking and asking questions a lot of the time so that's that's really important to have that you know with some of the more experienced members of the team so they can just ask questions and not feel like they're stupid questions right <laughs> so and that's you know why I'm there as well right you know so I know that they can always ask me questions I raced over there for many many years and seasons and um you know have a lot of experience you know racing over there and obviously now directing over there so yeah it's, it's just good for them I think to have that as part of the team and obviously once we're on the ground in Europe you know they're just constantly learning about everything really <laughs> when you're over there you don't know with COVID right you know what's going to happen and when we're going to be able to even go to Europe and which races in the USA will even um, be on next year so we hope that everything will be like normal but we don't know yet it's just sort of one of those things right now it's you know it's just so changing um, all the time so just sort of we just have to go month by month you know and hopefully we can have our training camp at the end of January but you know if it's not safe for us to do so then you know we'll just have to postpone that and, um, and get everybody together whenever it is safe to do that um, that's the thing with you know, you know having um, Rally Health as our you know big sponsor you know we're all definitely you know very aware of the situation and you know we wouldn't put you know our riders and our staff and 
in any sort of compromising situations. So if we can do things safely, then we will. Yeah, so that goes with racing and traveling and training and camps and anything. It just, you know, it's all just going to depend on the situation. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Criterium Nation, a proud member of the Wide Angle Podium network of shows. This show was written, produced, and edited by me, Rob Kelly. For more news on Criterium Racing, head on over to CriteriumNation.com or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Criterium Nation. Please join us here next week when we share more stories from our Criterium Nation. The Slow Ride Podcast, three idiots who are usually wrong. The Slow Ride Podcast, the titanium of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast. It's like if David Vanderpool had a podcast. The Slow Ride Podcast, the Zwift Racing of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast, find the real advice. The Slow Ride Podcast, the arrow helmet of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast, sport leader coming through. The Slow Ride Podcast, when's Lance gonna sue us? The Slow Ride Podcast, the experts in French cycling. The Slow Ride Podcast. Official Fan Experience Zone on Facebook. The Slow Ride Podcast, the gravel bike of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast, both vertically and horizontally compliant. The Slow Ride Podcast. New episodes every Tuesday.